Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicularist for a goddamn change once in my friggin' life. I'm going to try to stick to my timer on this thing because, well, I don't have a lot of time to record, so the timer will help if I pay attention to it, which I very infrequently do, so I'm going to make the efforts today. Keep that in mind. Another thing you should keep in mind is that there will be spoilers, most likely. The fact that I'm going to have to rush a little bit maybe means spoilers are less likely, in fact, but still, there is a chance. So this is your one and quite possibly only warning of spoilers. The only other thing I should say before I push this button is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million Brazilian dollars. (laughs) No. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what podcasts like. And this is one, so it would like that. Without further ado, button pushing commences now. Ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Abandon All Hope, Windows and Doors. Thank you, sponsor. You're the best. I love your sponsorship. Another thing that I love is movies, which I have four of, which, as you know, is too many to talk about in five minutes, but we're gonna goddamn do it now or go down fighting. Movie the first is called Unfinished Business. Bidness, if you prefer. Um, this movie, why don't I just start? We'll kind of do this quick, quick today. So I'll uh, read the imbed uh, for each movie, and that'll perhaps speed us along where normally it does not. Uh, a hard working small business owner and his two associates travel to Europe to close the most important deal of their lives. But what began as a routine business trip goes off the rails. In every way imaginable and unimaginable. (laughs) That's a weird kind of unimaginable and imaginable. You don't normally see both descriptions. Anyways, uh, the stars Vince Vaughn, uh, Tom Wilkinson, and Dave Franco, just to name a few. Or rather, the top three build people. Uh, Good. This is a good comedy movie that is not 100% laughs 100% of the time, and there is some darkness, which uh, I think makes it more believable. 
uh, as I was saying when I'm watching something like uh, Breaking Bad is kind of the perfect example of this where uh, sure it's a very serious show and serious things are happening and it's dark and gritty but occasionally you're going to have a laugh and that makes the the other times seem that much more believable that much more real to me uh, so this taken the sort of uh, the, the other approach where a lot of it's funny funny haha jokes but then there's moments of uh, seriousness as well that makes the comedy more believable how about that uh, <laughs> is this the breaking bad of comedy no it is it, it's not great it's not going to win any awards most likely but everyone did a admirable job I would say of pulling off this movie rating I'm going to go a uh, I was going to go 3 out of 5, which, as you know, is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And I think that fits for this. I, I might go as high as a 4, though, because I, I could see myself, you know, years down the road, looking back at this and remembering it fondly and wanting to watch again. So, yeah, 4. That is goddamn friggin' convoluted way to say 4 to 5. Movie the second is Adult Beginners. Very, very similar to the previous one in that sort of... It's a comedy, but it's also dark. Uh, the impetus for this one is... A young... Excuse me. A narcissistic entrepreneur... Uh, crashes and burns on the eve of his company's big launch. With his entire life in total disarray, he leaves Manhattan to move in... Uh, with his ins with his estranged uh, sister, brother-in-law, and three-year-old nephew in the suburbs, only to become their nanny. Ah. Uh, this movie stars uh, uh, Nick Kroll as the aforementioned entrepreneur of the failing variety. Uh, this one I think I liked a little bit more than the first one, so rating-wise we'll go 4 to 5 without hesitation. Uh, it is definitely in the sort of dark comedy milieu. And uh, all the people in this also very, very good. Oh, i got to speed up a bit. Okay, uh, as above, so below. This is a horror movie. Um... Uh, when a team when a team of explorers ventures into the catacombs that lie beneath the streets of Paris, they uncover the dark secret that lies within the city of the dead. Uh, watch this with the missus, because, well, it's a horror movie, and that is her favorite, so we quite often watch them. She said it wasn't that scary. I'm gonna disagree, and did disagree with her. Uh, this was one of the scariest movies I'd seen in a long time, and I think... A lot of that has to do with the fact that one of the things that freaks me out for, uh, I think, an unknown reason is, like, long hallways with scary shit at the end. Uh, I think maybe that has to do with The Shining, with the, the two little girls at the end of the hallway. Maybe that's somewhere. Maybe I was scared of long hallways before that, and that amplified it. Maybe that made me scared of long hallways. I don't know what it is, but this has that, and a lot of sort of psych psychological... Uh, psychological scares. Uh, <laughs> see, look, I'm over time. I cannot friggin' fit shit in here. That's what she said? Oh, that's weird. Anyways, uh, very highly recommend this movie for horror purposes. For horror purposes, uh, I'd give this high marks. Like, 5 out of 5. Uh, just for movie 
purposes, I'd probably go like a three out of five. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to watch it again because it was too scary. Uh, lastly, we're out of time, so I don't have time to talk about it. Uh, that's how time works. Uh, no, no, colon, a documentary. Why did they spell documentary wrong in this title, D-O-C-K? I don't know why. Oh, Doc Ellis. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, I'll just read the IMDA and give a rating, and that'll be it for movies, because we're in a hurry. Uh, in the 1970s, Doc Ellis pitched a no-hitter on acid. You know what? I was going to read the rest of it, but that's all you need to know. Uh, documentary rating. I'll go three... I'll, I'll go four to five. Four to five. It was interesting. Uh, it was really reading what this movie was about pulled me in. Uh, it didn't spend as much time necessarily on that one particular uh, uh, tagline there as the rest of his life, but uh, that was in there, so. Uh, good stuff. Flying along, baby. Flying along. Today's Television Talk sponsor is a band. Oh, not too many uh, band sponsors. Looks like the band is uh, Zit Remedy is their name. So thank you for sponsoring this Television Talk. And wish I have two televisions to talk about. Shows, that is. Uh, the first is just a little snippet from Conan O'Brien, uh, which I think pretty much 99-ish percent of the time win. Conan O'Brien does any sort of segment with Mr. Jordan Schlansky, I cannot help but bring it back to talk about because I want you, the listener of this, to go and experience that. In fact, pause this, fuck, turn it right off and go watch that. It's way better than this piece of shit. Uh, basically, uh, Jordan Schlansky, what is he, producer of some sort? He works in some sort of capacity over at the Conan O'Brien late night talk show. Uh, and he is a very strange dude. Uh, you know, could just leave it at that. In this particular segment, uh, he, apparently he's getting married. You know what? Uh, they didn't really talk about the, uh, the, the wife or husband, actually. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, no talk of that. What the talk was of was that he needed to have a bachelor party. Uh, if you know Jordan Slansky at all, the fact just picturing him at a bachelor party, let alone his own, is comedy gold. And it was. I think my favorite part of this, uh, you've got the sort of overall awkwardness, which was incredible, but uh, my favorite part was when, uh, I forget how it came up, but Jordan said he considered Conan a friend somehow, some way. <laughs> and Conan just burst out laughing. Uh, and did the old laughter ending in a no, <laughs> which uh, I uh, appreciated. Uh, what you could do if you haven't experienced uh, Conan and Jordan together. Hey, my name's Jordan, too. Uh, Conan and Jordan together is... <laughs> what an idiot. Is uh, just go on to YouTube, type in Conan and Jordan Schlansky, and uh, you'll have yourself a good time. That's a guarantee. Speaking of a good time... Uh, the missus and I have been watching on television, actual cable television, which I don't do much watching, 
uh, but she has it, so occasionally when we're together, I'll watch it. Uh, it's a little show called Degrassi. Uh, this probably could fall into the guilty pleasure category, uh, if not for the reason that I'm watching it to make fun of it, which I think takes away some of the guilt. That's uh, very strange. I heard, I forget who it was, someone yesterday, oh, one of the creators of Rick and Morty, uh, which we'll probably talk about in a f later television talk, if I had to guess. Anyways, they were talking about Degrassi and how it sort of reminded them of bad movies and why uh, sometimes, like with, with a Troll 2 was the example they used, uh, you can watch a movie that is so bad that it's good for the reason that you could sit and make fun of it and get laughs out of its horribleness. And that is, for the most part, where I'm getting my enjoyment from Degrassi. When I say Degrassi, I should specify, since uh, I know it's on TV now, uh, the Mrs. and I are watching Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High, which were on when we were kids, so like during the 80s and 90s, uh, which I think is part of where the comedy is, is coming from, because we can look back. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that when... Uh, we're watching these kids in high school, and it it doesn't quite line up with we when we were in high school. So when these kids were in high school, we were in like probably grade school or something. Uh, but still, yeah, but still. Uh, just on a sort of final note, before we run out of time, which I see is counting down, uh, I'd like you listening to this to potentially follow me on YouTube for the reason that you will see the odd uh, special episode of this podcast, uh, like the fan up. Expo 1 that just happened from your point of view and hasn't happened yet from my point of view and things like how I took every episode of uh, Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High and watched the last 30 seconds or so of every single episode and then and then cut out uh, the fucking insane ones either insane for their insanity or insane because they were sad uh, a sad ending's not insane unto itself, but when you mix a super, super sad ending where, uh, and then sort of combine it with this upbeat kind of poppy theme that uh, Degrassi had, it is, uh, it, you have to see it to believe it. Uh, <laughs> let me just give you an example, and this is sort of the prime example. There was an episode of Degrassi High, I guess it would be, where uh, a kid, uh, he's talking on the phone with his girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend tells him uh, that she's HIV positive and uh, he's got to get tested and probably, in fact, uh, has AIDS, basically. Uh, and then that happens, and then this fucking Degrassi theme song comes on right as he's sort of staring deadpan, realizing that his life is coming crashing down around his head. And then, uh, you know what? I should probably put it in here. Like, put a little, uh... I'll, I'll tell you what I do. And this is something I've never done before. And something uh, that I couldn't do in a post-episode 300 world is, uh... Type in Degrassi theme song. And then uh, play it on YouTube. And then you'll get to hear it here a little bit. Hey, why not? Just, I'll, I'll play a couple of seconds of it so you can get an idea. Oh, 
Okay, that was the, the beginning theme song, but I think the end was similar to that. Anyways, uh, rather than try to strain your ears to hear that, because it doesn't look like that was very loud on the old microphone that's closer to my mouth than it is to the TV, uh, just go to my YouTube channel. Uh, I think, you know, let me just do this for you as well. Jordan Maywood YouTube. If you Google Jordan Maywood YouTube, uh, I'm the top result. So that sort of, uh, you know, makes sense even. Yes. Sense. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Imitation White Man Scallops. Thank you. You are a good sponsor. Okay, uh, if you're following along, you will know that I'm reading book two of a series called uh, The Tales of Alvin Maker by the son of a bitch Orson Scott Card. Uh, we talked a little bit last time. In fact, I think I even named the episode something along the lines of Separating the Man from the work so uh, I'm gonna consider that case closed just as far as we talked about it if you would like to talk to me about it you can do so to the address provided in the closing credits tweet at me do what you like as far as the social medias and uh, I'd be happy to talk to someone about it because I think it's uh, an interesting question and uh, I didn't fully answer it so much as just throw it out there so that's enough of that. Let's talk about the book itself. Uh, so Alvin, young Alvin, has found himself uh, boy-napped, just like kidnapped, but more masculine, I suppose, uh, by some Indians. Hmm. Uh, I suppose you could say Native Americans, but uh, this isn't a time before America was a country in a sort of alternate universe. Uh, which is basically what the Tales of Alvin Maker are, is, and that is a series of books that take place in a alternate Earth during the time of uh, American settling uh, of the United States of America, uh, where we're, they're fighting with the French in Canada, where I am from, uh, where there's Indians, there's people uh, sort of branching out taking land, turning it into a little slice of their own, that, that, that whole sort of thing. Uh, so there's a lot of, specifically in this one, not in the one I'm on now, um, fighting between the white man and the red man. I did air quotes there, which you'll just have to take my word for it, because this is an audio-only podcast. Uh, Alvin Maker, who's got this... I guess for lack of a better way to explain it, a kind of sort of kind of sort of magical destiny. Uh, one of those typical, you know, he's Harry Potter, he's uh, whatever, he's, well, how about he's uh, Ender from Ender's Game, as long as we're talking Orphan Scott Card. Uh, he's, he's all these things wrapped into one, where it's a kid who's got abilities and we're seeing him sort of grow up. Which uh, I think, 
for a fantasy quite often makes for a very, very good backdrop. Uh, I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head some of the things that I've read where that is the case. You're starting with a, a boy or a young man and he doesn't really know what he is and what his life is going to be, but uh, you know because he's the star of the book, the protagonist, that uh, is probably going to be interesting. So maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons that we like things like this. Uh, it's almost uh, this guy's going to be a super magical, powerful guy. Uh, we know that. He doesn't, so we can sort of have that feeling of superiority over him. Oh, that's something I never thought about, and I wonder if anyone else has thought about it. Interesting. Uh, okay, so he spends this book with a uh, Native American dude by the name of something. I don't know. I, this is one of the cases where, although it wasn't fantasy names... It was names that I couldn't really keep track of, so I kind of just mushed them into my head. For example, uh, I just looked it up. His name was Takumsa. He had a brother a brother named Tenskwa Tawa. So those kind of get melted in my brain when I try to remember them and read them repeatedly. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, is anyone else like that? When you read strange names in books... Do you eventually just give up on trying to pronounce them incorrectly in your brain? Is, is that a thing, or am I insane? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Uh, Rating-wise, um, I don't know if it was... I, I can't remember what I gave the first one. Uh, I think I gave the first one a 4. I think I gave this one a 3. It wasn't quite as good. Uh... Sorry, I'll pause that for one second. I'm doing good on time on this one because I just have one more thing to say, and that is uh, the next one that I'm reading. Uh, it's it's the best one yet, uh, where he's like a uh, an apprentice working in a um, in a forge. You know, he's a blacksmith basically. So uh, that one's really good. Just to give you a little peek at what will happen in next book banter. Mm. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is Crazed Postman Brand Antipsychotics. Hmm, thank you. Uh, two. Count, well, no need to count them. Just trust me, there will be two games in this Game Gabin segment. Uh, game of the first, Hero Siege. I don't know why I said it like that. Hero Siege. Uh, I saw this game and it looked a little bit like uh, Hammer Watch, and they both start with the letter H. Hmm. And they're both two words, Hero, Siege, Hammer, Watch. Uh, and they do, after playing both of them, share a lot of similarities. I will say I did have a little more fun on Hammer, Watch. Uh, I think I gave that a 4 or maybe a 5 out of 5. I can't remember. I can't remember what I said on this stupid thing. Uh, what I can remember is that I didn't have quite as much fun playing Hero, Siege as I did Hammer, Watch. So, uh, before I forget, unprofessional reviewer of things as I am, I will give my rating first. Uh, I'll go 3 out of 5. I did have fun while playing it, but I can't see myself ever really revisiting it. Uh, basically what it is, is you pick a character type, 
Um, you are uh, there's a series of, of portals that you go through. Each portal being a different land, and I don't think necessarily a different difficulty. I, I, I suppose they are. Uh, and then you go and you kill some shit. Uh, one very sort of similar in that regard to Hammerwatch. The difference being in Hammerwatch, it was more a sort of maze. You're you're almost not this is 100% accurate. You're kind of sort of kind of sort of going from point A to point B. Whereas this, you're just chucked down into like a giant square. Um, there's things that are happening within this giant square. It's sort of an arena. You could look at it like that. But uh, that's taking away one of the uh, exciting elements that was in Hammerwatch, that sort of feeling of exploration. There's not really much in the way of exploration. exploration. It's just you're thrown down, uh, and then wave after wave of bad guys will come, and you will try to kill them. Uh, I chose to play as a necromancer, which was... Uh, it's cool that they have that available. I, I find quite often in... Uh, I don't want to say cheaper... Well, yeah, less expensive, less fleshed out video games like this uh, that quite often won't have the Necromancer, I think, because it's a little more work as far as coding of video games. Um, just because you've got to take into consideration things like raising the dead, whereas otherwise, if you're, say, just a fighter, you're hitting shit with swords or shooting shit with magic if you're a magic user. But when you're a Necromancer, I think it's a little more complicated. So when I saw that, I picked that, and do quite often pick a necromancer. I like playing as a necromancer. What I'd like to do, uh, if anyone out there listening knows how to play Dungeons & Dragons, it's something I'd like to get my uh, my toe wet into. Is that a saying? I don't know. I, it is now. It is now. And uh, some of the things I think I would like to play as are Bard... Uh, necromancer, uh, bardish necromancer. That's got some comedy things brewing there, I think. Uh, anyways, uh, that's enough of talk of necromancers. <laughs> enough talk of necromancers. I think that might be the name of this episode. Enough talk of necromancers. It doesn't happen very often that on this uh, that on this podcast the uh, the uh, name of the episode happens during the course of it. Quite often I'll just come up with it after, but sometimes I'll come up with it now while talking. Enough talk of Nick. And then you'll hear me type it, because that's me typing the name of the episode. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, behind the scenes action. Sometimes interesting, sometimes not. Uh, next game is Postal 2. Uh, if you have been a gamer for as long as I have, I can almost guarantee you've heard of Postal. Uh, I, and, I guess to a lesser degree, uh, Postal 2. I'd never played any of these Postal games. They were sort of famous back in the day for being super... Super violent, super gory, super over-the-top. Uh, people who said video games cause violence would gravitate towards saying shit about this game, this series in particular. Uh, all that I, I never really thought of back then. Now that I'm playing it in the year 2015 and seeing what's going on in this game, it's pretty tame compared to some other things that I've seen. So, uh, there's, I suppose, some nostalgic fun to be had to look back at this game and think, man, people really had it out for this. Like, I think it was banned in countries, and it was just it was a lot of crazy shit revolving around Postal and Postal 2. You're a postman. 
as you can imagine. And uh, you go around town, uh, you do shit, and you can kill anyone and anything. You can pee on people. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, you're committing violent and heinous acts. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, one thing that... the that sort of uh, sticks out is that uh, I was in a bank and the line was really long so I thought do I wait in the bank line or do I pull out a gun and kill everyone so uh, I don't know what it says about the human psyche that I doubt many people would play this video game and wait patiently in line uh, in a bank in a video game uh, I don't know that's enough talk of that because we're on a timeline fuck Trying not to push the pause button on this timer with limited success. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Is this real life? Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Podcast Diarrhea Relief. Delete some of your podcasts so you don't get backed up. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you know what? I'm having almost the opposite uh, thing lately, which is uh, running out of podcasts. Because of the new job I have, uh, I compared to my old job, I would be up and down you know, dozens of times a day, whereas now I am not. I'm at my desk just about 100% of the day, so uh, it means slightly more podcast listening time, which meant, which meant, which meant, oh boy, which means even that uh, I've had to add new podcasts to the repertoire and bring back some classics as well. So uh, these are some of the new ones that I've added, some of the classic podcasts I've brought back. Um, and I just thought I'd uh, talk about them because they're from the goddamn internet, and this is the internet intercourse section of the po of this podcast. So fuck, it's like peanut butter and goddamn jelly. Goddamn jelly. I prefer jam myself, to be honest. Just saying. You ever have peanut butter and marmalade? That's a uh, that's a weird thing. Okay, uh, podcast first called Who Charted, which is a very very popular podcast. Uh, with, you know what I should have done if I was smart, was have uh, the websites for each of these podcasts open so I could remember people's names. Hair, heart. Uh, Kulap Vlysok. Guaranteed said that wrong. Kulap. Anyways, uh, wife of Scott Ackerman. Scott Ackerman, one of my favorite people in the world. So of course I know his wife. Kulap Vlysok. And uh, Harold Kramer. Oh, I think I got that right, too. Anyways, uh, who charted as the chart in question is uh, like the music chart. So they talk of music. Uh, I'm only, you know, maybe three episodes in. Uh, I've had quite a few laughs, though. Uh, one thing I'm sort of curious about is that uh, I'm very sort of... Uh, I've got very strong feelings when it comes to music. One of those feelings is that the music of today... Uh, I am not digging for the most part, and few and far between uh, am I able to sort of find songs that I like. So maybe, I guess the potential exists, that listening to this, I will find the odd new, new music that I will like, as opposed to uh, all the shit that's out there. So uh, that's one reason I wanted to listen to it. The other is uh, Kulap. I, I knew she was funny from other things. Uh, Harold Kramer... 
you you would recognize him um, from movies and such, uh, and I've seen him be funny in things. So all of that sort of rolled together means that uh, me pulling the trigger and starting to listen to this made a sort of sense. And uh, I'm glad I have. So, uh, I don't know, uh, if you're a regular listener of Who Charted, maybe uh, let me know what you think of it and uh, what I should expect and uh, if I like it. So far, so good. So, thank you. Okay, uh, an oldie but a goodie, one I used to listen to and uh, have just brought back, is Judge John Hodgman. Yes! Love me some John Hodgman. Um, Recommend his comedy special Ragnarok, uh, which I probably, I imagine, brought back uh, on this podcast a long, long time ago. He and uh, bailiff Jesse Thorne take uh, sort of people from around the world and uh, people who've got arguments that they need a solvent, and they will assolve them with uh, jokes and interesting facts, be they real or not, and uh, strange references. I love a good strange reference, and Judge John Hodgman is very, very good. Him and Blaine Kapach, uh, two people who I'd like to see in a room together and have a strange reference off. Uh, That would be good. you know what, I'm kind of thinking that's maybe a better title. Uh, John Hodgman versus Blaine Kapach in a strange reference off. Ooh, I like that. Uh, okay, I'm going to write that down. Oh, you know what? Blaine Kapach, John. I don't think ever in the history of this podcast have I uh, had a, uh, a double uh, po- uh, podcast name pop up in one episode strange reference off off oh wow I really typed that not well uh okay so uh that's enough of that moving on to the smartest man in the world which is of course Mr. Greg Proops and Jesus well we're out of time uh the other one I added is Vic's Basement and The Late Show Podcast which uh don't have time to talk about Uh, see, I didn't even have time to add, like uh, I normally do during the end little bit there, the thing that I say at the end of every single podcast, so you were probably shocked. You probably thought this wasn't going to happen. You were probably thinking it was a sign of the apocalypse and we're going to kill yourself. Uh, or maybe uh, have sex with the person sitting next to you in a in a moment of fleeting, we better have sex because the world's going to end this. But you don't have to, because I'm going to say that it is nice. To be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. 
Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper